0: I'd like to consider, Lord willing, this will be my last message on the topical survey of first John. I hope these messages have been beneficial for you. You know, sometimes I really enjoy studying something, and I really enjoy it myself, and most of the time that leads to, to sermons, but I don't always know if the congregants enjoy it as much as I do. So but it's I've enjoyed studying it. I've enjoyed preaching it for the most part, and hopefully it's been edifying. But I am really looking forward to digging into the Gospel of John. This was really a introduction and a prelude to the Gospel of John because so many of the same topics are, are really highlighted in 1 John. But I'm really excited to dig into the Gospel of John uh, if the Lord continues to direct in that way, Lord willing, in the weeks to come. So with that being said, we'd like to consider... Uh, one more theme that is in 1 John that's also in the Gospel of John, and I guess we could just simply call this godliness, obeying God's commandments, obeying God's commandments. Um, this is sprinkled all throughout the Gospel of John, but I'll highlight just a few verses before we go to 1 John. John chapter 14 and in verse 15, we've talked about love. We've talked about a topical theme that's in the Gospel of John and in 1 John of love, and 1 John specifically highlighted that you don't love simply in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There needs to be actions to back up your profession of love. So Jesus very quickly summarizes that in the middle of—he's speaking of other things here in this uh, sermon in John chapters 14 through 16— But he says here in John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? If you love Christ, keep my commandments. Then in verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So many of the things that we've been talking about, love, belief, faith, We understand from the total teaching of Scripture that those are the evidences of eternal life, not the causes of it. And that's certainly the case with belief. And he highlights love and connects it to keeping his commandments. He says, he that uh, loveth me shall be loved of my Father. Well, you choosing to love God is not uh, why God chooses to love you. No, we love him because he first loved us, right? But there will be a special, certainly a special manifestation of God's love in your life if you abide in that love. So, with that being said, let's go to uh, 1 John. 1 John. And I guess we'll begin in chapter 3. We'll kind of jump around, probably, in 1 John. And y'all bear with me. 1 John chapter 3. Beginning in verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him... Actually, let's back up to verse 1. Talking to hath this hope in him. So we need to have a reference to what that hope is. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We, we referenced this verse uh, in an earlier message in Titus chapter 2 that talks about the grace of God coming to all men and the effect of that new birth that here is described as the grace of God being manifest and applied vitally. And it teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And it also teaches us, in the context of what we're talking about um, tonight, it teaches us to deny ungodliness, but it also leads us to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But another aspect of the new birth is that there is an unction toward our homeland right? We, we understand that we're pilgrims and strangers here in this world, and there's something inside of us that yearns towards something better. So he says here that every child of God, to some degree, just like how every child of God has this conviction of sin and this unction toward righteousness, every child of God, to some degree, is looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, thank God... God is just so gracious to us that we have a lot more informed hope than a lot of people. And man, I'm glad that my man. hope is informed. Yeah. I'm glad that I, that I have the knowledge that I have through the Word of God. But not every child of God has that knowledge from the Scriptures, but they've got something inside of them that doesn't feel comfortable in this world. Right. You know, there's something inside of them that yearns towards something, uh, something better. And he describes that as this hope, Okay. This hope, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3. Every man that hath this hope in him, the hope that's in you, should be manifested in our actions. Every every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him, in Christ, is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Okay? Now, while you're meditating on what that just said, okay? Keep that in mind. Now let's go to chapter 1 and in verse 8. Okay? Because what he's saying right there is that if you commit sin, you're not of God. Well, that makes us all really nervous, right? <laughs> it makes me nervous. Uh, because I know that, uh, you know, the thought of foolishness is sin, by the way. It says right. in Proverbs. Uh, what was it that, that Samuel told, told Saul? That uh, stubbornness and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and idolatry. Well, I can be stubborn from time to time. You, you may, may be stubborn too, okay? So, this makes me a little bit nervous when, I, when it starts saying that if we, if we sin, then we're not of the truth, okay? Now, the other, the other side of that is chapter 1 and verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. <laughs> you know, this is, I'm glad that we have the rest of Scripture <laughs> to compare line yeah. upon line and precept upon precept uh, because over here he says, if you sin, you're not of the Lord. But if you say that you don't sin, you're a liar, and you're not the Lord either. <laughs> uh, and I've never met anyone like this personally. I, some of these uh, stories, I think, they become Christian slash Primitive Baptist folklore. Okay, so I, I don't. I, I guess there's probably a person out there. I've never met them. but but in the preacher circles, the the rumor is that that you met somebody that says I haven't sinned in the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I've never met that person, uh, but apparently there was somebody out there that said that, or, or at least a preacher was trying to make a point. Um, so somebody had, hadn't sinned in 30 years. Well, you know, this is an interesting verse to quote to somebody if they seem to have that, that kind of a prideful attitude that you haven't sinned. Well, it says, according to the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God, right, that if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But the other side of that is that clearly children of God should act like children of God, right? Amen. We should obey the commandments of the Lord. The general disposition of the life of a child of God should exhibit good fruit and righteousness Amen. instead of bad fruit and wickedness. Now, now, we understand that that's, no, that, that's not a, an absolute um statement we know so many children of god that have been caught up in many types of sin and i think part of the reason why the bible is so authentic is to let us understand that i mean david the man after god's own heart committed one of the most egregious sins in all the word of god i think part of the reason why the holy spirit let us know about that is as paul warned the corinthians let any man that thinks he standeth hey be careful Take heed lest you fall, okay? None of us are above that. So no child of God is perfect in their actions, but we're all perfect with the seed and the hope that resides inside of us. That, that integrity of the soul cannot sin, okay? That integrity of the soul cannot sin. When Now, now at the same time, there's something inside of us That is our old flesh at the same time, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So when we sin with our mouth, right, when we speak words we shouldn't speak, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. But yet at the same time, we have a new heart, right? Well, somewhere down in there, I don't know how, I can't divide the the difference between the soul and the spirit. Only the the two-edged sword of Jesus Christ can do that. Uh, But somewhere down in there, There is two natures, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the the nature that we want to mortify, sometimes it seeps out more than we want it to. So when we do commit sin, in the verse right after he says, if you say you had no sin, you deceive yourself. And remember, we've mentioned this quite a few times in 1 John, that this is written to children of God that have already had their sins forgiven. Okay? They're already saved individuals. They already believe. So he tells them in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, the verse right after this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we will sin, and God is always gracious to forgive us when we confess our sin. He continues on um, in verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Okay? Chapter 2 and in verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. That's one of the reasons why God gave us his commandments. You know, think about um, there were people dying everywhere, right? <laughs> everybody except for prior to prior to the law, everybody except for Enoch, okay? People were dying prior to God giving a very manifest revelation of the law that describes his holiness, that's the reason why men die, okay? Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, as the old saying goes, um, ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? right? There, there was a law that was uh, in effect that men broke prior to the giving of the Mosaic Law, and that's the reason why they died. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. There, were, there was a period of time where the only direction, and this is, this is certainly good enough, but we have better information now, thankfully. The only direction that they had were the internal convictions and guidance of the Holy Spirit, right? The, the Word of God had not been publicly manifested to say, don't do this and do this, right? Right? But obviously, there was still a law that was in effect prior to Mount Sinai. So there were people that sinned in ignorance. But God, one of the reasons why he gave the word of God is so that we would have a knowledge of what his commandments are so that we don't sin. Right? right? These things I write unto you. Why did the Holy Spirit pin not just this epistle, but the rest of the word of God? Why? One of the main reasons is that you know what's wrong, To not do it, right? That you sin not. But inevitably, we have that flesh that we don't always mortify properly. I'm writing this to you that you sin not. But if any man sin, always be reminded that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And praise God for that. He's a propitiation for our sin And not for ours only, but for the sin of the whole world. Okay? Um, Let's continue on in verse 3 there. 1 John chapter 2. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Think about all these assurances that... John has given in this epistle, we know we have passed from death unto life. why? Because we love the brethren, which by the way, what, what is uh, loving the brethren it's a commandment Amen. right so we 're obeying a commandment of God. He says that uh, if you see someone that believes that 's evidence that they are already begotten of God they're already born again. so you see someone believe and that believe and they Are exhibiting an evidence that they're already born again, well, if I sincerely believe in my heart, then that's an evidence to me that I know that I'm among God's children. Right? You see, all of these evidences, and you could put them all under the heading of obedience and obeying God's commandments. He He focuses specifically on love and specifically on belief and a few other things here in this epistle, but hereby we do know that uh, that we know him if we keep his commandments. I mean, do you have a desire to do holy and righteous it, it describes our life as being living soberly, righteously and God. Do you have a desire to live soberly, righteously and godly? Okay? Now, we always fail in that, and praise God, God offers confession of sins for that. But do you have a desire for that? Well, that gives you a knowledge, a hope, that you're among God's children, Amen. right? Hereby we do know that, that we know him if we keep his commandments. And he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, I know we've mentioned this quite a few times, but during this environment in which this is written, there were so many false teachers and false prophets that were truly wolves in sheep's clothing, okay? Uh, That is the proper application and the proper interpretation of the passages in Matthew chapter 7 where he's talking about there's going to be people that are liars, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, that are going to give the pretense that, Lord, we we did all these miracles in your name. And there's going to come a time where the Lord is going to say, I never knew you. Okay well, that's not talking about struggling children of God no. that's talking about wolves in sheep's clothing, and there were many wolves in sheep's clothing during this time and what he's essentially saying is there can be a very um, i mean even even uh Satan transformed himself into an angel of light there could be a very uh, good speaker, a good orator uh, that is a false apostle or a false prophet and if you give them enough time, if you give them enough time and you watch them closely, yeah. then the actions of their nature of a wolf is eventually going to come out. That's right. So what he's saying throughout the course of this, of this epistle is you need to be very sober and be very vigilant about the people you interact with, that if they say that they love the Lord but quietly. I mean, it's just so sad that there are so and I I no doubt there are many children of God that were deceived and and tempted by Satan just like King David, but it's just so sad in Christianity how many high profile hypocrites come out and they they uh Give the pretense of living this holy, righteous life, and turns out they're cheating on their wife the whole time. I mean that that stuff comes out every other week now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying a child of God can't be deceived in doing that, because you look no further than King David, man after God's own heart. Okay. But inevitably, the actions of our life should be exhibit us as being children of God, okay? So if you are saying publicly that a man ought to uh, love his wife as Christ loved the church, but on the side, you are committing adultery, then you are exhibiting that, at least in that moment, that you are not of the truth, okay? Hereby we know uh, that we know him if we keep his commandments, and if your actions are... Do not back up your speech. Then at a minimum, he says, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Mm. Whosoever keepeth his word, though, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him. Boy, this this is a pretty high bar Mm. that we are called to. Okay? You know, it's not just about God gave a bunch of rules and you need to follow the rules. And going back to kindergarten, if you obey the rules, you'll get stickers this week. If you you'll you'll get extra time during recess, you'll get extra time in nap time, you know. It's not about just getting temporal rewards here in heaven, God said. I mean, here in time, God said you need to do this. Do it and I'll reward you. If you don't, I'm going to punish you. This is how we need to view the commandments of God. Yes. Is that we're disciples of Christ. We're supposed to be a follower of Christ. And just in case you didn't know it, being a disciple requires discipline. Amen. You want to know what the root word of discipline is? Disciple, right? To be a disciple, it requires a lot of discipline. This is the standard. He that saith, he abideth in him. Okay, that's great. I'm thankful for your profession of faith. I'm thankful that you desire to uh, do what you're called to do, commanded to do, and, and publicly acknowledge Jesus Christ and submit to believer's baptism. But that's just the first step in the marathon race of discipleship. Okay? I'm thankful you did that, but this is what you're called to that we ought also to walk even as he walked. That's what we're called to. Mm. We're called to follow Jesus. And that's part of the reason why I'm looking forward to spending time in the gospel of John. I've heard, uh, some ministers mention this in some different sermons. Um, and it's true. I I just kind of get distracted and studying other things. Um, but we need to spend a lot of time in the Gospels. We need to spend a lot of time examining the life of Jesus Christ here in this world. Why? Amen. Because we are called to be a disciple of Christ and to walk as he walked. Amen. And I'm looking forward to uh, digging into that in the Gospel of John, to see how he walked, because that is our standard. <clears throat> Let's skip to... Uh, and sprinkled all throughout it, we're going to skip these verses that deal with other topics. But sprinkled all throughout here, he's saying, if you, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. But then he gets very practical and other things we've talked about. If you say that you love your brother, but you actually hate your brother, then the truth's not in you. right? He goes line by line on all those different things. And all of those are under the same heading of just... Godliness, obedience to God, and obeying his commandments. Okay, so let's skip to, um, let's just skip down to verse 28, chapter 2. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone... That doeth righteousness is born of him, right? If Jesus is the righteous, then those that are God's children should live righteously, right? right? I mean, this is is not rocket science, right? God's children should act like it. They should walk in love. They should walk in belief. They should walk in all of the commandments that we have in Scripture that we ought to to sin not. Okay? Then, jumping back into what we've already read, every man, this is chapter 3 and verse 3 every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. There should be a constant purification and sanctification in our life. And you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes we struggle with following the Lord's direction to make the right decisions for us to put away things that we ought to put away. And I hope that you've experienced this, as I have, to see the trials that sometimes come in your life as a great blessing to purge away the dross, okay? Because in hindsight, when you've been through something like that, you can see that, you know what, that was something that I was struggling with that I was not ready to deal with that myself. I was ignoring it. Maybe, something, maybe someone had brought that to my attention, uh, but I was ignoring the godly counsel of others or maybe even ignoring and not allowing the Spirit to work in the midst of preaching in the manner that I ought to. The Lord sent uh, a message that I should have responded to, but I didn't respond to it, So what did the Lord do? in His loving, heavenly Father disposition toward His children. He sent something to purge out what I was unwilling to get rid of myself. That's a blessing. That's a blessing in doing that, that the Lord is willing to do that. Now, it's not always comfortable in the moment. No. uh, Fire is rarely comfortable, (laughs) Right. right? It burns a little bit. It gets a little bit hot. But... The end result is, Lord willing, that we are a vessel that's more meat for the master's use. And if I'm not willing to do it myself, sometimes the Lord will just purge it out through uh, a trial of faith that's right. that <clears throat> the gold will be more pure in the end than it was in the beginning. Okay, And that's a blessing. I hope you can uh, grow to the point in your discipleship that you can see that Amen. as a blessing and not be afraid of the challenging times that can come. Okay. So we ought to be purifying ourselves. Now, obviously we need to make the statement that not everyone is going to follow this this perfect trajectory of sanctification right. and if you ever fall then you're not really a child of God, but the general disposition of God's children should be purification instead of decay and sin, right? Yeah, I mean. The general disposition of God's children should be righteousness instead of wickedness. The general disposition of God's children should be love instead of hatred. Belief instead of unbelief. We all stumble and fall, but we should be always desiring to have greater purification as we continue on in this walk of discipleship, okay? Now, the other end of the spectrum Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of law. And ye know that he was manifest to take away our sin; in him is no sin. Now that's why the seed that resides inside of us can't sin, is because Christ is in us the hope of glory, and he can't sin. Right? Okay. Verse eight: He that committeth sin is of the devil. He that committed sin is of the devil. Now, where did, where did sin come from back in the Garden of Eden? It came from Satan, right? It came from Satan enticing Eve to go beyond the commandments of God. And we're talking about obeying God's commandments. You want to know where sin came from? Well, he makes it very clear in verse 4, right? Sin is a transgression of the law. This was the law of God. And Satan entices us to go beyond... The commandments of god and to break the law right that's the whole reason that we're in this sin mess is because satan enticed adam and eve to go beyond the commandments of god to break the commandments of god but even now those of us that are born again we can still be deceived and enticed by satan you know i think about uh it's amazing (laughs) especially in Peter's life, but, you know, don't look too hard at Peter. It may look a little bit more like a mirror than you, than you think. But he's on a mountaintop one minute in Matthew 16, saying, Who do men say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Blessed art thou, Simon bar John Flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you, my, my Father which is in heaven. A couple verses later is when Peter is saying, no, oh, no, no, you can't. Go, you're not going to be crucified and go to the cross. No, 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 you're not going to do that. No, no, you're not going to leave us. You're not going to be killed. You know, we haven't set up the uh, the Israelite kingdom and over the Romans yet. No, we can't. We can't have you crucified. And then Jesus said in the middle of that, get thee behind me, Satan. Right after that, right after that bold profession of faith, Satan jumps in there in just his, his thoughts, his quick... Uh, thoughts right after him making this godly profession. I tell you, we have to bring, as it says in, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we have to bring every thought into captivity. That's That's why Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, finally, brother, think on these things that are holy and pure and righteous and godly. If there be any virtue, if there be, you need to fill your mind with that because inevitably, you don't have those guardrails up and Satan is going to yeah. jump right in there with yeah. some random thought and next thing you know, Jesus could say the same thing about you. Get thee behind me, Satan. So children of God from time to time can be deceived by Satan and commit sin. But there are other people that that is not an outlier That is the general disposition of their life. Mm -hmm. And if the general disposition of your life is to go get drunk and commit adultery and abuse people and to embezzle and to cheat on your... If that's the general disposition of your life, then that is evidence, at least to our vantage point, we're just talking about justification by works, okay, So in my courtroom of justification by works, I can be wrong. I can be wrong. That's right. It's not my place to, you know, the Lord's certainly not going to ask, he's not going to open up the Lamb's Book of Life and then ask my opinion, okay? So my opinion is not the final determining factor, okay? We've talked about the courtrooms of justification before, right? Mm -hmm. And there are higher levels of authority, and a lower court could issue a wrong verdict, but the Supreme Court overrules it. Right. So the Supreme Court, someone can still be righteous in God's eyes, and I could have an incorrect opinion of someone else. And guess what? I could have an incorrect opinion of myself and my courtroom of justification by faith. But praise God, there's a Supreme Court that overrules those that determines if we truly are righteous or not. Amen. But if someone is living in just abject, unrepentant, unremorseful sin, then that is not evidence of Christ. That's evidence of the devil. Right. Okay? Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. <clears throat> that was the phrase, of verse 8. Verse 8. He that committeth sin. Now, In the center column reference of my King James Bible, that word, committeth, they gave the alternate word for committeth to be practices, okay? Now, a child of God can commit sin, a child of God can commit a sin, but they do not live in the practice of sin, Mm okay? Okay. A child of God does not live in the practice of sin. If you see someone that's living in that way, that we have no reason to have confidence in them right. at that moment. Yeah. Now, at the same time, we also know the Lord knoweth them that are His, and He, he could born them again in a later time, or maybe they're born again, and maybe, they're, maybe their soul's vexed and I just can't see it. Okay? That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But when you see someone living in sin, then it's our responsibility to lovingly call on them to repent. You're on. Okay. You know, you know, sometimes I, I feel like that I've um had the wrong perspective that I need to be confident <laughs> in my own mind that they're a child of God that is a lost sheep that's I need to be confident that they're that before I'm willing to tell them, hey, that's wrong, you don't need to no. be doing that. Mm. No, actually we're call we're 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 commanded to call on all men everywhere to repent. And you know what? You may have, uh, uh, obviously we can't affect uh, the eternal state of anyone, but you could have a relationship with someone as a coworker and have a, a respectful relationship, and they see your manner of life, and they, it's going to have no effect on their eternal destination. But we know that if you live in a godly way, your life, not even a godly way, if you live in a moral way, your life is going to be better than living in an immoral way, right? I mean, you can't show up to work on time because you're going and getting drunk and having hangovers. Well, you know what? I can give you godly counsel to say, hey, lay off the sauce, right? Go to AA. You know, right. do something that is going to be better for you. And guess what? You can keep your job instead of getting fired. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can have a good advice to someone they may be not elect, mm-hmm. for all we know. But you know what? They can still have a job to provide for their family. Right. So I think sometimes I've fallen in the trap of, you know, let me make sure that I think that they're probably a child of God mm-hmm. before I try to rebuke somebody, you know? And when I say rebuke, we, obviously, we speak the truth in love, and, and you, you have to have a relationship with someone before they're going to listen to you anyway, most likely. Right. Okay, You don't just go around to people you've never met and say, you know, hey, you need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, right? <laughs> you need to have a little bit of relationship with them for that to be received uh, and it be beneficial. But what I'm saying is, is that there are even situations in our life that we could counsel people that may not even be never members of our church. They may not even be children of God. I mean, but if you're not promiscuous and you wait until marriage to have relations, guess what? You are preventing yourself from the possibility of having an STD that can have right. multitudes of problems. If you live godly, if you live morally, you're going to be in a lot better State than just indulging in the world Amen. and that's not even that's not even uh talking about solely children of God right right I mean we could go into drugs, we could go into all these different things that that shouldn't be surprising to us that god's way is always the better way for the children of God, but it's also better right. just for Creations of the Lord here in time. Amen. I mean, think about what all the commandments that the Lord gave uh, <laughs> Old Testament Israel when he knew he knew a lot about microbiology, right, mm-hmm. and about the the spread of infectious diseases. There could have been an Israelite that said, "You know what? I'm a leper, and you know what? I don't care what the law says. I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm just going to go and uh, not isolate myself." Because I'm, that's the attitude we have today. Right? I'm a leper and I'm proud, you know. <laughs> Everyone's just got to deal with it. You know, I'm, I'm a leper and everybody's just got to deal with me as a leper. Instead, God said, look, for your benefit and the, uh, and the benefit of your, do you really want to get your family that sick? No, get away from them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That was good advice for non-elect and elect both. Amen. You see? God's laws are always in the benefit of his children, but there's a real sense in which they're always in the benefit of just his creation. Yeah. But the children of God, we have a desire to do that. We have an unction to do that. And obviously this is nothing groundbreaking. But if we love him, keep his commandments, right? We need, and we need to know what his commandments are. We need to read his word. We need to be invested in God's word. You need to uh, sit under the sound of good sound preaching to have a more full understanding of the whole counsel of God. But obviously, if we're going to honor our Lord here in time and have a good witness that can ever be of benefit to anyone, we're going to have to practice what we preach, right? Uh, If we profess a belief in Christ, obviously we need to obey His commandments. We need to walk as Christ walked to the best of our ability. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.